When they had plenty to eat, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover pieces so that nothing will be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves that had been left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw that he had done a miraculous sign, they said, this is truly the prophet who is coming into the world. <clears throat> Jesus understood that they were about to come and force him to be their king. So he took refuge again, alone on a mountain. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. <clears throat> After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, <clears throat> buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, God, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they had climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. They knew Jesus hadn't gone with his disciples, but the disciples had gone alone. Some boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they had eaten the bread over which the Lord had given thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Don't work for the food that doesn't last, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the human one will give you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, for the spirit that is in this place and the spirit that has moved for generations and will move for generations to come, 
-hmm. Let that spirit open up our hearts, our minds, and our souls this day to continue to move us into the world in ways that honor you, O God, ways that reveal our compassion, our love, and our justice, ways that reveal the belief in new life and hope in the world. May that same spirit guide the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, so they're acceptable to you. We pray all this in the name of Christ and all God's people say, amen. Driving over today, uh, I have a tradition, Sundays are kind of, I do the same thing. I'm, a, I'm actually a, very much a person of habit. So I get up, my alarm goes off about seven, I get dressed, I get showered, all that kind of stuff. I figure out which shirt I'm gonna wear today. You know, it's a very important decision every time. And uh, then I, I put in my order for, uh, for Phil's and I stop on the way and say hi to all my friends at Phil's and then come on over here and uh, listen to a little radio on the way down and get things settled in the office and then folks start to arrive. And it's just this kind of rhythm that happens in the morning. As I drove over this morning, you, you know, you, I was listening to, uh, to the news and you know, there's another devastating event in the world where uh, an illegal oil refinery in Nigeria explodes and a hundred people died. That's on top of the things that we don't hear about. That's on top of all the things going on in the world. I've talked about this the last few Sundays because I think part of what our danger when these kinds of transitions happen is while we need to kind of examine and be present for one another, our calling in the world is about healing and justice in the world. And that doesn't stop with a transition in your leadership. In fact, if anything else, we have to be really focused and make sure you, I, as we move into whatever is next for us, that we don't forget that this is a, a stop on the season of our faith. It's been a good one, but it is yet a season of our faith and a season of this congregation that there's plenty of work for us all to do in the world. We will do it at our pace and we will do it as we are called and when we are ready and we will experience good things in the future. So I think about all of the things that we've worked on, all of the passions that you all have told me about, all of the passions that I brought to you, the passions that haven't connected, the passions that you wish we did more, all of the things are wrapped together in a deep, deep appreciation for what this community does, what this community has been, and what this community I believe to be true will be in the future. I know most of you remember every single sermon that I preached. So I, I, I won't bore you with all the details because I know you remember them all, but if you remember the very first sermon that I preached here, it was on this passage. So I'm not cheating, I'm, I'm telling you, right? I'm not just gonna, uh, I didn't just pull something else out as if I write my sermons anyway. You all know that those are not manuscripted. But it was a promise to you at the very beginning as we kind of entered into this time together. I've always found that churches, especially progressive, justice-minded churches, have a hard time rejoicing in the good things that we do. Because it begins to cross into this line, we don't want to fall into arrogance. We don't want to like, well, look at what good Christians we are. We don't want to do that because we see how that happens in the world as if the only way we can appreciate good things and outcomes and successes is to venture into arrogance and to judgmentalism or into ranking. And sometimes we actually need to remember 
that we can do good things together. And that three years ago, beginning of April of 2019, we talked a little bit about this idea of these moments where we do amazing things together. The walking on the water portion. If you remember in this story, I was chuckling to myself, I've never actually thought, why is Peter the one walk, walking on the water when Peter's, you know, the name is The Rock, right? So I was like, huh, I'm sure that was on purpose. We don't want to put the, you know, the inflatable one to walk out on water, that'd be easy. We want to put The Rock out there, right? So Peter, right, I'll get to the bread piece, but Peter is out there on the boat, and as we know, as we've talked about Peter the last couple of Sundays, like Peter is all in for whatever Jesus is up for. Like, Jesus, let's do this. Peter's like, all in, and this is no different. Peter is usually the one that we can say, oh, sweet Peter, calm down. But in this case, Peter's boldness, if you remember, right, Jesus comes to them walking on the water, and Peter says, oh my, wow, look, you're, you're, it's Jesus. Once they were done being scared, they're like, oh, it's Jesus. So Peter, in his boldness, like, well, I can do that then, right? Because you want us to be like you, so let me walk on the water. And we would all, the disciples were probably saying, we would say to Peter, the person that is standing out there, that is pretty presumptuous of you, my friend. How do you think you could go do this very thing that Jesus does? And yet, in this telling, Peter steps out onto the water and walks. And too easily, we want to go, well, but you know, but then he just falters, right? As if those moments of walking on the water didn't matter. Um, Kelly sent me a text this morning and said, uh, I'm going to cry with you. And I said, cry, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It is true, though, that too often we move into faltering. And I think as good progressive Christians, we like that space sometimes too much. Because in some ways, it gives us an excuse not to look for those moments of holiness. It gives us an excuse to to hold ourselves back. It gives us an excuse to say why things are happening to us. Well, because when in fact the gift that we are given are these moments that when we are bold and we step out on the water in faith, that sometimes we're gonna experience those things. I believe at the core of my soul we've done that. Maybe we haven't walked on the water, but we certainly made it through pandemic in a way that many places didn't. We made it through with generosity of resources and finances in a way that we as a congregation could give out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to communities that were doing frontline work. We said goodbye to people over these three years. Last Sunday, those of you who were here, we did a baptism remotely that was even shocking to me how wonderful it was. We have connected with one another in a way that I think we have loved as a congregation. 
We have met politicians and people in this community who may not have been connected to us before. We have reminded people around here that this is a place that does stand for justice, that isn't afraid to step out. We, my friends, have had many moments where we have stepped out of the boat and we have walked on that water. So what I hope you'll do as you move forward is remember that those are those times, right? Because I don't want us to to sell ourselves short, you or I, about these moments we've experienced. I know that there is great loss and there's grief, as Kelly said in her prayer, there's a lot of things sitting in this place right now. But the thing that makes me saddest as I've been here with you all is when you as a congregation or individuals sell yourself short about who you are as a church or who you can be as a church in the future. It is painful for me to leave because I know what we could do in this place. At the same time, this congregation is not simply about your pastor. If it was, you would be a very different place. You are about a congregation that in its DNA, and I've said this over and over again, has a heart for justice and love and compassion in the world. It has waned and flowed, and you can critique whether we're activist enough. There's all kinds of things you can talk about how this church does that now, but that doesn't take away its commitment to who it has been and who it will become. One of the best things that we did together was to develop and think about your new mission statement. Now, I know some people would say, well, that's Bruce's mission statement. That is not true. My fingerprints are on it, but we spent weeks and weeks in small groups together, massaging and arguing and thinking through four pillars that were not new to this place. We recrafted them and we thought about them, and I encourage you to think about them differently in the future. But this idea about confronting and disrupting injustice and seeking wisdom about practicing empathy and expressing the beauty of the divine. Those are not new here. And so as you move forward, my hope for you and for me is to remember that in who we've been called to be, if we follow that well, we will do some amazing things. We'll do some amazing things if we think about a couple of other things. If you notice in this passage, I did this weird thing where you got the Matthew passage in between two John passages of the same story. So the John passage, John talks about bread of life all the time. The bread, the bread, the bread. Very much so of kind of this mystical understanding of Jesus and the body of Christ and the bread of life and all those things. I love... Um, the part, the way that John tells this walking on the water story, because John wraps the walking on the water story with two elements of the bread, feed people and be fed. Feed and be fed. So as you seek these moments of following Christ so boldly to step onto the water and believe you can walk and you do, Find that place 
of tension and joy where we discover God between being fed and feeding. Jesus calls the disciples to feed the 5,000 and says that is good work, but don't let it turn into being arrogant or bold, right? Jesus doesn't say, let's go make a committee now and start this and let's programize it and all those guys. Jesus says, I'm gonna go pray, I'm gonna step alone, that is good stuff. The people who were fed, Jesus thought, oh no, they're gonna come and want me to do all these other things, but it was still good work. Feed people, do the thing. When you think about who you're going to be, do not stay in your head and even in your soul, but get out in the world and do the things. And at the same time, Jesus ends by telling them, but don't just rely on what you do. Don't just rely on the physical nature of the bread, but be fed. Remember that you are fed by the Spirit, you are fed by Christ, you are fed because God is moving, has moved, and will move in this community. There's always been a debate in progressive circles. Are we activists or are we Jesus people? Are we justice, are we God? And as you know from our time together, I do not separate those things. One does not exist without the other, and in this telling of the bread story, Jesus reminds us of that. Get out and do stuff and remember why you are doing it. You go out and be outward and remember to be fed inwardly. And in the middle of those things, we walk on water. Oh my goodness, you all. I don't know how I'm gonna end this sermon. <laughs> I love the pulpit here. I love preaching with you. I grieve that for me. But there will be somebody else here soon. They will love you. They will guide you. You will test them as you tested me. You will send me emails that you have no idea how they might come across. And that person will also get frustrated. And then you will surprise and send a random thank you or gratitude, and they will be touched. You will have somebody that will help to say goodbye and memorialize people. We hope and intend you will have more baptisms. You will be loved in the future. And I fully hope and expect that you will love them back. It has been a privilege. It feels like a short time, I know, but good golly, how many did we walk on the water in just these three years? Let's not move to the struggle quite yet. Let's just remember that we were bold enough to do this together. We were bold enough to step onto the water and for a moment in this season of our life and our ministry, we were like Jesus, and I'm grateful for that time with you. Let us pray. God, for the movement of the Spirit in this place and that continues to move, that will continue to move, help us to hold it all, but not believe that we have to hold it alone. God, you are present in this place and beyond these walls and you hold all of what we are feeling this day together. For the saints 
past, the saints today, and the saints to come that will move through this place, we give you thanks. For the work we will do, for the ways that we will be fed, and for the calling into the world to be your people of love and compassion and justice, we give you thanks. Continue to hold us in our entire journey through every season of life. We pray all this in the name of Christ and all God's people say, amen.